0: Like only we do. And then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode. So pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports.
1: That's right, this is State of My Sports. This is episode 176, recording live on October 4th, 2022. Um, Unfortunately, we have uh, Detroit Lions... And Michigan State losses to talk about once again. Uh well Michigan went into Iowa and took care of business. Um are we ready to say Michigan's a top team or a top tier team? That's one thing that we're gonna discuss today. I'm not sure I'm there, but I understand if other people are we wanna talk about that. Um if not, when will when will we be willing to consider them a playoff contender? Uh we will have our around the league segment for some college football. Uh, We will make our picks against the spread in our betting hero segment. And of course, we will drink and review some Michigan craft beer, or at least I will today. Um, If you are joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know uh, what you're sipping on tonight and be part of the conversation. Let us know your opinion on all of our topics and we'll maybe even read your comments and and get that, tell you where you're right and wrong and tell us if we're right or wrong. That's that's what's great about the, the commenting side of it. Um, before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports and BettingHero.com helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I'm Sam Waltart. With me today, we got John Dornboss. It's just us two today. The
2: two Musketeers. The two
1: Musketeers, man. I don't know what I would do without you at this point. The other two, just I don't even know if Ryan's still alive, first of all. Allegedly he is, but he has, he's been gone for like months now, I feel like.
2: it's a tough guy to find.
1: Yeah, he is. But uh, Mike obviously was school, but they'll be back hopefully in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, I appreciate being here today, man. I really do. How, how was your weekend? Did you guys do anything fun?
2: Um, it was pretty low-key. Uh, just had a little wedding on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, nothing too formal by any means, uh, up there for a few hours, watch a little bit of football on Sunday and yeah, just had a long work week. So just try to try to catch up on rest and relaxation and bring on this first week of October. Yeah.
1: That's great. Do you, do you, you're a hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So you got any like hunting trips coming up?
2: I haven't had any, I I don't have anything in the books planned. Um, so busy at work right now Yeah, and it seems to happen more years than not that it's this time of year. Um, when i most enjoy to be away from work it's
1: always busy time but for us too it's just like everybody's saves up their vacation though so yeah. everybody's gone i got a couple
2: of days left so i'll try to sneak out when the weather's right but um yeah bow season opened up this weekend that's kind of my cup of tea that's where i'd like to be um i like the the difficultiness of the, the bow side. yeah of getting, it. getting in range getting close getting one with nature getting real close to the animals uh obviously it's a little trickier and um, but I don't really like to get out this time of year when it's still got a chance to be warm. Yeah. I don't like mosquitoes when I'm sitting still in a tree um, and they find you, man, and it's a war zone and you're trying to stay <laughs> still, you know. That's part of the reason i get getting out there. So uh, I'll, I'll be getting out here towards the end of the month once things start cooling off a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. I, got, I definitely have that itch. And, uh, yeah, if I can find time to sneak away from yeah, work, I will.
1: For sure. No, it'll be good. What about I you? Had, I had So I had a really good weekend. It was a lot of fun. And, and it just gets crazy and crazy. So we have hockey Saturday – or Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, like after church, and it's just like just constantly at the ring. And then I play hockey on Sunday nights, which is nice that that's back up and running. But, like, so Saturday I wake up. We, I take Jordan to hockey. We have a good – like they're just really starting to get it, and it's a lot of fun. But running those programs just – it's exhausting, a lot, of, a lot of kids and stuff. Um, but I was getting my stuff done, and – I'm like, alright, I'm gonna get home and I'll be able to watch the Michigan game and get all that going. And I don't know. I do you stream your any channels or or do you have like basic cable still? Yeah, basic cable. Yeah.
2: I don't I don't do the streaming thing yet, yeah, but yeah. it sounds like the I guess like the it's convenient. The convenient it is. thing to do. It um is. I just try not to look at my phone more than I absolutely have to. Yep. So that's my problem is I would get stuck streaming day in and day out. Yeah.
1: So I stream and I've i not had any issues and it's actually gone really well. We've we've done Hulu Live in the past. Now we're back on the, we're YouTube TV, which is I'm really enjoying that. Um, but this was like my first like panic mode experience because of it. Because as I'm getting ready to go to hockey, like I hear this weird buzzing in the basement, It's just like this bzz, bzz, like this weird thing I've never heard of it in my entire life. And I'm scrambling around like, and I noticed that my internet was out. I'm like, oh, you've got to be freaking kidding me. So I look and I have this weird divider or like this booster almost in my basement that it basically just spits out the, the different cables. For when you have hardwire cable, okay. basically, yep. um, but that one goes to my router. So like that's why my internet was out, and I can't figure out why this thing's buzzing. I've never seen this thing before in my entire life. I just found it because of the noise. Yeah. I'm trying to reset it, and I, I end up having to go to hockey, and I'm just not happy, basically. So I get back, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to figure this thing out, and I... Figure out how to bypass it, basically. So I found the input and, like, made it so it connects to my my router and getting the internet back up and going. I had to run to Ace and get the piece that I needed, like, right at game time. So it's, like, five minutes till game time. So beautiful day Saturday. I'm pumped to just go sit in my garage, pour ice-cold beer, and, and watch it. So I finally get out there, turn on the TV, and my TV is broken. So, like, the screen... It's all. It's an old TV. This was my dad's old TV from like when I was in high school. It's that. It's like just extremely old TV, but it's been working great. And I turn it on, and it's got green lines going t- t- all the way through. You can't see basically anything.
2: Oh jeez. So
1: I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So it just that really ticked me off. So I couldn't watch in the garage. I couldn't do any of that. So I would go back inside. I'm like, whatever. I'll just watch inside. No big deal. I mean, third world like first first world problems here. You exactly. know, multiple TVs. But uh, so I ended up having I. I was like, all right. Well, I'm gonna have a fire that night, and I'm gonna watch football. So we ended up going out at, out to eat, and then we had buy a new TV. So, which is nice. I, I don't. I don't hate it. I like getting new stuff. But. I'm,
2: sure, I'm sure you'll like it here uh, coming up this weekend. Huh? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So I'll be able to continue to watch football in my garage <laughs> until it's too cold, which Keep, I do have a heater in there now too. There so you go. Keep hopefully. the tradition alive. Exactly. Exactly. But that was my weekend.
2: Was that Saturday? That was Saturday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you got it. You have to keep that Saturday tradition alive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Seems to be bringing us a good luck win streak here to start the season. Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, I'm actually going to be in Myrtle Beach this Ooh. Saturday. We leave, so we leave Saturday morning. I think our flight's at like nine or ten or something like that. Okay. So I'll be landing in Myrtle Beach. Hopefully, I can watch the Michigan game. I think it's another nooner. Okay. So hopefully, I can hopefully we can get through all the crap and get our stuff and get into the what brings the condo but
2: what brings you down to myrtle beach just a
1: family vacation very nice yeah, yeah we're excited the kids will the kids are pumped they haven't flown yet so that'll be that'll be something new i'm a little nervous for how that's gonna go but i think they're gonna be so excited it's not gonna like be any problems so. yeah it's only like two hours so yep. it's not too quick bad, flight so. yeah not we're, we're really excited about that but then yeah i'm gonna be in myrtle beach for that one and the following week so no podcast next week no podcast, so...
2: Shoot, you got sorry, roo- sorry you, people. You got room in that luggage? <laughs> yeah,
1: for real. We, we actually could if you want to. You know, just hop on hop onto the 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 plane there. But uh, I did want to introduce the beer that I am drinking tonight because John's not drinking anymore. Sorry,
2: Sam. I fell for, for it. For no, for no. I, I fell for the... Uh, the I,
1: even, I even picked one out specifically for you.
2: Yeah. Well, I was I like, know.
1: oh, man. like I knew that they had this, so what I got here today is from Upper Hand Brewery, which is obviously in the Upper Peninsula. I got the... Deer Camp, which is actually your nickname for some people thro- don't know it's, that.
2: That's a throwback uh, nickname. Throwback
1: nickname. But look at that can. It's got the nice orange, right? Hunter's orange. Hunter's yeah. orange. Let's it's got a nice some, look to it. See
2: some antlers. See some camouflage in there.
1: So, Yeah, I'm a little, a little disappointed that I'm drinking this one alone, but yeah. it is what it is. It is a amber lager. Um, that's basically all I got. I, I thought I put it on the show sheet, but I guess I forgot to do that. I'll get you more information for before the beer grade that I'm going to put out here. But, yeah, so far it's 4.7% alcohol by volume.
2: Okay. Sounds like a good one. I think yeah. I've had it before. And you? funny you mentioned that, too. I was at softball last week. Uh, Is
1: that still going?
2: Yeah, fall, fall ball league. I think playoffs are next week. So I don't think we have a fighting chance, in my opinion. We've lost to more teams than we beat. But my buddy Chris, he was like, oh, I was up in the UP on a fishing trip a couple of weeks ago. And stopped at this place to get some beers and wanted a good craft beer and he picked up a, a I don't know if it was a six pack or a 12 pack but For, of, the, the, of the deer, deer camp, camp. Oh, yeah and he was like oh, I meant to I meant to text you because I was drinking one the other day in, <laughs> in the garage and yeah yeah I mean
1: it's got a nice, I mean it's definitely an amber it's got some good flavor though but it's uh, very crisp and light too which which is always always nice
0: drinking craft beer having fun and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports.
1: This is where I usually mention the hops, which they're still still part of the team here, but um, we're still trying to figure out when they're going to open. Still no updates, nothing like that, but if you're looking for a job in the food industry, general manager, some service, servers, uh, go ahead and and jump in and and do that. But we're going to talk some Detroit Lions, another... Lost an insane offensive explosion. Really, the Detroit Lions uh, let us down though again by losing forty-eight to forty-five. As the Lions scored twenty-two points in the fourth quarter, but the defense couldn't get off the field to save their life. And through, they also threw a pick-six uh, in their in the start of the second half, uh, which I mean was basically the only flaw in the nearly perfect um, offensive game that they, they put together. And and. That was a rough. They they just missed the onside kick towards the end there. Um, another close get, another close loss, and sends the Lions to one and three um, on the young season. Goff was stellar, going 26 of 39 for 378 yards and four touchdowns in the pick six. I already mentioned, uh, but putting up uh, numbers like that without Swift, um, without St. Brown, and, and without Shark. I mean, it was very very impressive uh, performance by by Goff. Once again, he's he's honestly. The way that they have this offense humming, it is one of the best offenses. Well, we're getting into the stats here, but like it's one of the best offenses s- statistically. And just the way they're executing is I- – I've never seen it before. And it's awesome to see.
2: Number one scoring offense, I believe, in the NFL. Yeah, number um, one. I don't, I don't know that I would ever had imagined the Detroit Lions <laughs> and, and that statistic being in the same sentence unless we're the ones uh, playing that team exactly, each week. yeah. And it changes. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the defensive woes, man, talk about it's blowing awesome. a good thing that you had going there. Um, it's a huge loss when it comes down to it because, let's face it, I think Seattle will be one of the bottom feeder teams mm. by the end of the season. Um, props to Geno for doing his thing. I mean, they, they're missing Russell Wilson, but you can't really tell. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Jared Goff played a heck of a game, unfortunately, fantasy football purpose-wise. I played against Jared Goff this week. Did you? And I got torched.
1: (laughs) That's no good. Um, Jamal Williams had a nice game, 108 yards on 19 rushes and two touchdowns. Uh, Did have one catch, but also had a couple drops again that I think is very – the biggest reason why I think Swift is so important to this offense because he does catch the ball out of the backfield um, on top of he's more explosive than than Jamal. Jamal had – a couple really big runs, which yeah. were, which were great to see. Um, I love what he's doing. I really that, do.
2: Absolutely. I, you if, couldn't ask more for your second string guy, you know? Um, yeah. and he's kind of played a vital role in the offense since the beginning of the season too. It, yeah. Even when Swift was one. healthy. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, Swift being dinged up a little bit, it's good to see him get some reps. It's good to see that this guy can still get up and down the field too. Um, yeah. you know, as a veteran running back in the, uh, NFL, um, so, uh, yeah, it's a great way to fill in just uh, kinda, yeah, kinda come out with that W, man. And then
1: you got Craig Reynolds who who got his first really decent uh, taste, I guess. He, he did have only two carries but 30 yards. I mean, a couple explosive plays for him, which is great to see. Um, and if Swift continues to be out, I think he's going to become more and more important. Um, yeah, I don't
2: I, think I, Jamal Williams can handle that load all by himself. Yeah,
1: I, like he, he's not a guy that's going to get thirty touches. Yep. Uh, I was surprised when I saw Craig Reynolds only had two two rushes, but um, they were also slinging the ball. You know, so they a were lot. able to move move the ball that way. And that was At, working too. Yeah, it, it really was, and most of it was to Hawkinson. Uh, he's had a tough start to the season with only ten catches for eighty two yards heading into this game, along with a touchdown. On Sunday, he had eight catches for one hundred and seventy nine yards and two touchdowns. Uh, this team needed someone to step up with, with all of the weapons out that that we are already mentioned and it was nice to see him do it um it it seems like where has it been you know he was fighting he was he was catching balls everywhere which is great to see like in you know uh spit or like not in space basically when he's guarded close he was getting those 50 50 balls he also wasn't going down right away that's something a little different for him usually it's catch the ball get hit fall to the ground yeah he had some big plays including i think it was at an 80 yard Almost touched. I almost got to the one. I think he got to the one yard line or something like that. Yep. Um. That was awesome to see. It was the what I think Lions fans believe he can be, but we haven't really seen it yet. You know the the Travis Kelseys, the Zacherts when he was in his heyday type thing, um, guys that are, are a true weapon tight end.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I mean we've we've only gotten to see spurts of it throughout his career because he's either banged up, we don't have a quarterback to get him the ball, or Um, you know, he's our only offensive weapon and he's getting double teamed every single play. Um, we've gotten to see little tiny sparks of this. Let's see him stretch it out over the course of a couple games. And you know, the, the rest of the season, that'd be great, but let's get these other wide receivers back on the field, alleviate a little bit of that pressure for him, but let's know that he's there if he's not being blanketed out there. Um, he's still a, you know, a dangerous asset to that. offense. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I was listening to uh, a golf interview with on 97 one, um, and they kind of asked him that like, Hey, was this Hawkinson just because all the weapons were gone or was is this like a sign of things to come? And he was like, Hey, you know, it was like, we were forcing the ball to him. And that's kind of the key is like, if, if you're not forcing it, then yeah, it should just, it c- should continue. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily because you don't have all these other weapons, um, hopefully it's so important to have multiple weapons and if you have one out of the tight end spot that changes everything especially once um you know Amon-Rae Brown comes back and and James Williams comes back and guys that you can hit all over the field i think it's going to be interesting and the way Ben Johnson's got this offense running is is absolutely incredible it's yeah. great to see so um, Josh Reynolds i did already bring him up i think but he had 81 yards and 7 catches and a touchdown Five hundred and twenty yards total, hundred and forty-five rushing, three hundred seventy-five passing. They're only four of ten on third down, but again, three of three on fourth. They're they're extending drives that way, which is great to see.
2: I think uh, most teams with a similar stat line win that matchup each week. If you if you, oh, yeah. you could you could put any other name up there next to those numbers, and it seems to be a guaranteed W. Yeah. Um,
1: unless you're the Lions, that's unless, basically yeah. Unless
2: you're the, the Lions, I, I picked up Josh Reynolds on fantasy football five minutes before the game.
1: Did you end up starting him too? I did. Nice. And he was yeah. he was
2: my highest point scoring wide receiver on the day, nice. which uh, goes to show that my wide receiver core <laughs> needs a little <laughs> help. Um, but a huge uh, little little start. I lost the matchup, but I'm talking points for by the end of the season. It's yeah. Effective. So
1: the Lions are leading the league in in total points per game. They have 35 points per game, which is awesome fifth in passing offense, sixth in rushing offense, but I think they're number one in total offense, yards per game.
2: That makes sense. Which is like, man,
1: it's, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's so frustrating. How do you have that in your one and three? Well, the, the bad defense. Right? Yeah. Well,
2: luckily, uh, I mean, the Lions are one of Vegas's, like favorite plays right now too because yeah. they, they're doing this. You yeah. know, they're, they're putting up the points and um, –
0: I was
1: surprised. I didn't expect the Lions to be able to put up this many points without the players that we've already mentioned. Yeah, um, and I've, I, I think I got to re- recalculate how I look at Golf. He is becoming, he, he's taking this team, and he's 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 leading it. He's leading this offense, and he's doing a great job. He's taking care of the football. Obviously, had the pick six. That's, you know, if you have just a couple bad throws a game, you, it happens. It sucks that he's thrown a couple pick sixes in, in crucial points in a game, um, and that could be the difference. Un- unfortunately,
2: well, luckily we're used to that with Matt Stafford, doesn't he lead he the does, NFL in like pick sixes? I, I think he's like he's definitely got twice as many as second place guys. So, geez. um, That's over crazy. over the span of the last however many years, uh, yeah. But no, I, I think with Jared Goff, it's you know you're in a way this is like your big audition with the Detroit Lions organization. You go out, have a heck of a year, put up some numbers, um, and you want to talk about maybe extending a contract. I don't know what he's got left, but so he got the, two is years after two, this one. Two I years,
1: believe. yeah. But he becomes like cut, a cut candidate basically after this year. This season, is right? What they're saying
2: so. This is a chance for him to audition to the rest of the NFL. You know these other. Teams that might be looking for another quarterback next year, maybe yeah. add a veteran into some competition level. If Detroit is willing to move on from him, it's an interesting time for him. And I think uh, you know if if he can continue to put up these numbers, you know I'm I'm going to continue to root for the guy. Yeah. Obviously, I want him to go out there and lead us to victory. Missing a couple guys to help us do that right now, um, but I would not be upset if this is a guy that we have a couple a more couple years, years down yeah. down the road with the weapons that we're putting around. Him.
1: What I think it really goes down to, and I don't want to get into mock drafts or anything like that. We obviously have a lot to get into before we start thinking about that. But let's say you end up, let's just say you end up at, I think they're they're too good to end up below 10, in my opinion. We'll see how things everything shakes up. But I don't want to force a quarterback just because we feel like we have to. And I feel like that's something that I thought we might have to do. But what the way Goff is playing, the way that he is Taking the bull by the horns with this offense, we don't have to force it, and that's the exciting thing. Um, could he become a piece like a trade piece? I personally don't believe he could, uh, just because it's just the way that this league is. I, I
2: if, if Jimmy G didn't get traded, I don't know. If yeah, anybody's going to want to take on the contract of Jared Goff in a that, trade right now.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. And you're going to have free agents. You still have the Rogers saga, I think. That's still a thing that he might not be happy. Like, I don't, I don't know how that's going to go down, but there's just going to be so many other things going on. I just I don't think we want to be part of that, and I don't want to trade for Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to give up future assets. I don't want to be part of the crazy overpaying for quarterbacks because look at what's going on with, like, Russell Wilson, and, and uh, like I feel like there was another trade that hasn't gone well. Baker Mayfield isn't going well. I mean, obviously with Deshaun Watson crap, like, that hasn't really gone great so far. So it's like I don't want to be part of that. I would rather build through the draft, get the quarterback, but or get free agents. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. if we think Ben Johnson's the real deal and it looks like he is, it sounds like he's becoming a, a big name that the league is talking about. Nationwide yeah. media coverage so too. So that's something that, that could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I don't know. Um, but I would just trust that. You know, if Golf can do this, I think they can bring in somebody else and he could do something pretty similar. You know what I mean? So I uh, did want to get part of the defense here. Um, just what they did, uh, they gave up 555 total yards, 320 passing, 235 rushing, 8.8 yards per play. Now Lions had 7.9, which is great, but defense, man, 8.8, 27 first downs, 9 of 12 on third down for the Seahawks. If that does like if it's not the pick six if it's not anything like that number is staggering like that tells you everything you need to know and why the lions didn't win this game um, it was just it was it was rough uh, the time of possession was a blowout thirty three six to 26-54. Um, Geno Smith made it look so easy he was twenty three of thirty for two hundred thirty yards two touchdowns I think he also had a rushing touchdown right yeah seven seven rushes for forty nine yards. Um but Rashad Penny had had a huge game, seventeen carries for 151 yards. And then DK Metcalf, seven catches for one hundred and forty nine. Tyler Lockett, ninety one, um, with six. It's just they they made it look easy. Um The Lions seem to shoot themselves in the foot every time that they got them behind the sticks, just big play after big play, Um, just really, really frustrating. And and we talked about how how good the offense has been. The the defense has been the exact opposite. They're dead last in total defense, 444.8 yards per game. Third to last in pass defense with 279 um, per game. Third to last in rushing defense with 165. In last in points allowed uh, per game at thirty five point three, which is six and a half more points than Seattle, who is second to last. Which I mean that ki- that kind of game will do that to both teams, but uh, it's just it's too bad. And I I don't understand the game enough. And I, I always say this like I can't sit at sit back and look at this and say well this scheme's not working. And like I don't see the schemes. I I just sit and watch the plays. So I I don't really I, I wish I knew more. Um, it sounds like they're gonna be changing up some personnel stuff to try to um, make things happen. One, one thing that he keeps saying is is there, there's a player that they can't trust yet and I'm, I don't know who that is. I don't think it's Aiden, but I but it's weird that he's he's that uh, Campbell's coming out and saying that um, it's, It'll be interesting to see once the, you know Sunday comes around with, with the Patriots something's gonna be different. It's going to be a different person. I don't know if it's a warrior who who continues to get exposed, but um, just really frustrating. Um, again, I don't know the X's and O's, but I sit and watch this Aiden Hutchinson. He continues to struggle. I, he seems tired. Once the game starts going, I don't. I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on Aiden? Like it. It doesn't look right to me.
2: No, he he looks to be pretty hype, and then like you said, he he comes out flat. Um, yeah, it, it could be one. You know, one running play where they stuff a tackle and they set the running back back and it's like, okay, he looks like he's moving good right now. And then 10 plays, you don't see him make any impact on the defensive line. Um, Obviously there's a lot of pressure on the guy and he's going to be going up against men that he is yet to step on a field with. Um, I've always found that matchup intriguing too, like a, an edge rusher versus an experienced offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, now
1: Seattle does have two rookies in their tackle positions, okay. if, if, I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, um, I know so that like,
2: they're rebuilding everything yeah. on the offensive side. Yeah. And yeah,
1: I think that's the scariest thing for, for me, and I don't want to overreact to Aiden And because and he does look he, – he looks fine. He does blow things up here and there. He, he's putting up decent numbers when it comes to pro, pro football focus. I think he had a few tackles and some pressures, which is good. But it almost seems like they're allowing him to over pursue and using that motor against him. Um, so I think he's got to change that. But at the same time, it looks like he's getting out muscled. It looks like he's he's. I don't know if he's if he's big enough. Yeah. Which is weird to say, but the weight is a big thing. And I don't know. It might he might just be a little too slender for for this game. And the short arms could be an issue too. I've I've heard people say, I don't want to overreact, but it's it needs a change. Because we all saw when he was playing, when he was when he, when we were getting quarterback pressures and sacks and stuff in, in the Washington game, um, we got a lot of pressure in in the Philly game that I think was a really exciting. But the last two games, it, it's been the exact opposite, and it changes everything. And that's what's really hurting our defense is no pressure, no organic pressure. Yeah. So we're throwing these blitzes in, and they're take the other teams are clearly taking advantage of it, and and that's that's scary to me. It, it's when you have to change what you want to do just to just to get the pressure, that's where they can really take advantage and, and dominate, and that's what we've seen. Yeah, and
2: I mean, Geno has seen his fair share of blitzes over the years from you know different stints on other teams, playing behind Russell Wilson and watching enough film. I mean, I feel like he just had an opportunity to pick that defense apart without Tracy Walker back there that's too. That's a bit, yeah. Um, you know, any quarterback that walks into that matchup down – you know your number one safety is is already licking their chops on the deep ball, you yeah. know, and that's where we saw DK Metcalf and, and then Tyler Lockett make some plays. On the other plays. hand,
1: on the other hand, they're missing Jamal Adams, and and that's probably one of the reasons why we were able to move the ball like we were. Yeah, when you're missing your safety. Very good point. That is a a huge thing. That's why we had such a crazy um, game. Uh, third downs completely unacceptable. Nine twelve. I already brought that up. Just in in their long third down plays too, and that's just the really frustrating things. We get to this point that we're. In position to get the ball back. Zero punts for, for them this whole game. That's just ridiculous. Um, it's just – and it feels like they're being outsmarted because we've seen those plays where I think it was like third and 17, right? And we're blitzing for some reason. Bringing and some pressure, yeah. they did a little delay. The dude took it, f- what, 40 yards for a touchdown?
2: Yeah, it makes you wonder if, like, it's not just something blatantly obvious. Because, yeah. yeah, like you said, nine for 12, that's totally unacceptable. And I, I,
1: I, again – I don't know if that's linebacker play. I think obviously Rodriguez has done pretty well, um, but I don't know. Is Anzalone looking good? Is that the biggest weakness here? I still believe it is, but I don't know if it fixes anything. You know what I mean? And I don't see a way to fix it um, this year. And that's what that's the, the the thing that scares me the most. So it's got to be scheme. It's got you got to find a way to make it happen. Is it give Derek Barnes more snaps, even though he may not have earned it, and just see if he can run with it? I don't know. Um, it's just, uh, it's just really frustrating, and it's making me second guess what I thought about uh, Aaron Glenn heading into the season, because I thought what he did with the scrubs that we had last year um, was a sign of um, things to come and what he could do with a little more talent. Well, we got a little more talent, and it's not going well at all. Yeah, we and, got some guys
2: back too. Yeah, you know, Kuda's looking pretty good through the first few games. So. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, because I, I go back to hard knocks too when. They had I forget which episode it was, two or three, but where they really like uh showcase offense versus defense and kind of the smack talk between yeah. the two and obviously they're trying to fluff that up for the camera. Yep. Um, but man, I, I think this is the reality check. We need to see some change or there might be some bigger changes, like yeah. you said.
1: So it has been talked about to to um Dan Campbell about uh, Aaron Glenn and maybe moving on from him. Um, and this was his quote. He said, I've had to do I've had to do this before, and I'm not afraid to make hard decisions if I really believed that uh, was the cause, basically saying, is Aaron Glenn the, the issue? And he said, I don't believe it is. Um, I believe that Aaron Glenn is the right man for the job, and he gives us our best hope, our best option to run this defense. I just do. So um, obviously the coach is going to say all the right things unless he's already fired the guy, you know what I mean? But I agree with what he's saying. He's, we saw what he did last year with Anthony Lynn. That wasn't going well. He didn't care. He made a decision as a first-time head coach, and you know <laughs> he made the decision. It was a tough one, and um, could have gone really bad, but obviously was the right decision, and, and it worked out well. Um, I, I, I don't think, or I, I mean, try to find the right way to say this. If he had his doubts, he would move on from them, and that's I think the comforting thing. But it's also maybe just gonna be the talent thing. You know what I mean? Like maybe this talent is not up to par, and it's linebackers, depth at the the uh, ends, interior defensive lineman. I mean, Brockers, I, I don't even know if Brockers is on the team other than getting a paycheck. I, I don't see that guy. I yeah. mean, you don't really want to see your interior defensive linemen, but it'd be nice to, to get somebody in there making noise. And hopefully, you know, McNeil continues to get better, and Ruzurike um, and yeah. um, I think it needs to get healthy at. Um, and then also Pascal, uh, we'll see if how he – how they use him cuz they've talked about using him as an athletic interior um defensive lineman but i don't know we'll see and and it sounds like he's practicing but he didn't say he was going to play so that and that's where i'm another thing that i'm concerned about heading into this patriots week and then the bye it's like i feel like they're using this as like all right we had 3 weeks to really rest these guys and then we'll go full full, full bore if you will and i don't want to risk losing this game because i think they can get back get the ship going in the right direction but I'm nervous about that. If you're not willing to be aggressive this year and or this week and, and start some guys that maybe shouldn't, but maybe should, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and I just look at this and I'm just, if they can pr- improve the defense at all, like if they can somehow sneak into the top 25, that this team's going to be legit if this offense is legit as we think it is, and I have no reason to think that they're not because of what it, what it's doing. So, um. They did ask uh, Aaron Glenn what what needs to get better. He said <laughs> not giving not give up points. I uh, said that kind of tongue in cheek, and he said that's how you fix it: just not let him score. Uh, easier said than done, I would say. But um, the defense is allowing opposing offenses to record explosive plays 19.5 percent of the time on third down. That means nearly out of one out of every five third down attempts. Has resulted in a run of at least 12 yards or a pass of at least 16 yards. And that right there is the biggest reason that is third down continues to be an issue. And it's third and longs, it's third and shorts, it's third and everything. And that's where we got to get this thing really figured out.
2: Yeah, too conservative. Maybe they got, you know, a coverage that um, is shelling off guys and giving them a little breathing room in hopes to make a tackle. But. See NFL man, if you're you're not you're not tackling like you used to, first of all, and offensive players are coming at you that are bigger than ever. Um, but if you're given too much room to make these plays, then you're taking yourself right out of the ball game.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, that's a cause for concern because on you know on your first and second downs, if you're not getting any quarterback pressure or run pressure, we'll say, um, man, that's. Easy for offenses to come in and, and take advantage of that defense.
1: Yeah. And heading into this Patriots game, like I I'm not gonna I'm not feeling confident. I'm not saying that it's impossible to win. I'm not saying it's impossible to lose. It's just it's one of those games that you're just gonna show up on Sunday and be like, All right, who's there? All right, how's this gonna look? Because we'd have no idea if, if Mac Jones is gonna play or is it gonna be the Bailey Zappy, or is Brian Hoyer gonna play? Like Sounds it's like- just
2: yeah, it sounds like uh they they also just signed another quarterback. So
1: that probably means Hoyer's out.
2: Yeah, and I don't think Mac Jones is is ready to go. It doesn't sound like he's gonna be ready for this weekend. Which I, I don't know. I, so if we're not beating the Patriots with their third string team, we know what they're gonna be doing. They're yeah, gonna be, they're running, gonna the be ball, running the ball. And and we, they got yeah. two running backs that are, you know, uh, they split carries just like most teams in the yeah. NFL and if we don't play right they're gonna run all over us. So, we're going to have to focus on stopping that run, stuff in the middle. Yeah. And uh, regardless of who's there for quarterback, uh, force them to make plays with their arm, and um, we should be able to shut that down. You got to make, let's
1: say it's Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi, you got to make them beat you. They don't have weapons through the air. They're going to run the ball. I don't know how to beat a good running game. I don't know what they need to do differently. Obviously, you want to get thicker up front um not pursue as much on the edges and just do your assignments but your linebackers they got to make tackles too. Yeah. That's going to be the biggest thing. I don't know what it's going to what the change is going to be, but it feels like it'll be along the lines of linebackers. Maybe even safety. I'm curious if Will Harris is going to get a chance at at safety here. He was drafted as a as a safety. Um Obviously, been been moving to corner. I just don't know if anybody else is ready to take that safety position. So um, that might be what he's talking about, or maybe he's gonna bring in Will Harris to take Warrior spot. I, I don't know. Um, I just have no feel of this game. I'm, <laughs> it's I'm just expecting the worst. I'm expecting another close loss. Is basically where I'm at, just because that's what what happens. And it's but man, they have the ability to win this game. That's, that's for darn sure. So uh, we'll kind of just go from there. Oh, can you? Oh.
0: If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot hot This is State of My Sports.
1: Jumping into our Michigan game. Michigan gets the win. They went into Iowa's Kinnick Stadium. And had a very uh, polished showing to win on the road, 27 to 14. Michigan's defense, as expected, shut down Iowa's poor offense um, through the first three quarters, shut out, um, shut them out to bring a 20 to nothing lead into the fourth quarter. Before getting outscored 14 to seven in the fourth, it was an odd game to say the least. I, I think there was times that Michigan looked like they were just going to run away with it, and they never. Um, I guess really did. It felt like they were dominating, but there they were. They were and in the end, it was it was close. And, and I, they, Iowa did what they do. They kept it in striking distance um, for the most part. Uh, forced Michigan to really need some big plays um, late on both sides of the ball um, to, to seal the deal. Uh, I thought J.J. He w- was efficient. He took care of the football for the most part. He had that, that bad throw that was a fumble that luckily we reco- recovered, um, but not explosive again. And I think that's the other thing that I'm, I'm interested with. Uh, he missed him downfield once again, which is getting really frustrating. But he went 18 of 24 uh, for only 155 yards in the in the touchdown, uh, one touchdown, and nothing on the ground really again, which is scary. Um, but taking care of the football in is is a key positive at this place like if he did if he had that one turnover that could have changed the whole feel of this game and made it really really difficult um it's just he has to take care of the football the fumbles need to stop um because you do that against Penn State uh Ohio State even Michigan State like I know they look bad but like if you start turning the ball over in those games they're they're the, those are the teams that are going to make you pay and and that's making me a little nervous still um but he took care of the football. Zero turnovers at Iowa. That's all we can ask for. Um, scoomaker led the team in receiving with four catches for 45 yards. Um, andrea Anthony, one catch, 29. Roman Wilson, four for 28. Donovan Edwards, four for 21. It's just, again, no one is emerging as that that. Threat as a wide receiver, and I'm I, I want to see that too. Those are the two things that are important to me. Is, is I need to see this offense start clicking because look, I was on board to, to switch to JJ. I think we all were. I'm not second guessing that because he's doing exactly what Cade did, um, but he's there to do more. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I, I want to see that. I want to start seeing it here soon because I'm, I'm getting more and more nervous that if our defense doesn't show up, we're not getting the game records that we need. I don't know if we can continue to score. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, Blake Corum again, just a beast, 133 yards on 29 attempts and a rushing touchdown. Um, add on the rushing touchdown from Ronnie Bell. Uh, they were the first two rushing touchdowns Iowa allowed so far this year, so that's great. Uh, Edwards came back with a nice performance with 29 yards um, on five carries for a 5.8 average and an additional four catches for 21 yards and that receiving touchdown, which is cool. Um, I, I thought he looked different. I thought he looked hurt. I th- I thought he. I just don't think he looks fully healthy, making me a little nervous here. Um, probably won't get a, a whole lot of playing time this week. Trying to rest him up before the the big one against Penn State, but um, nice to see him back at least to the point that he um, is comfortable playing. So that that's that's a good thing for Michigan, especially with Corum. I mean, he I think he's had twenty five plus carries in and last like, last four games probably. So um, that's good it's good to have somebody that can spell him, you know what I mean, because was it Stokes or whatever, Strokes or Stokes, I don't remember their names exactly, but um, fumbled on his one carry the week prior. So um, it's important to have somebody that you can trust as, like, to, to spell Corum um, w- when we went to. But um, I thought there was a really key moment in the game, It really just kind of the ending of it. Um, uh, fourth and two on Michigan's six-yard line. Uh, with the score twenty to seven and almost six minutes left, Michigan's defense got the stop to get the turnover turn on downs. That was huge, obviously. But you did have that three and out right afterwards. That's that sucks. It felt like the opportunity to put the game away. Uh, but they t- but again, the three and out punted to the Iowa forty-two, and this is kind of just the ending of the game here, the way it all played out. But Iowa had a chance to score there um, to make it a game. And then you, you punted to the Iowa's forty two with four minutes left, and the defense took over. Morris had a sack, uh, nice pressure on, on an incomplete pass. And then uh, I think it was, I thought was it Upshaw that maybe had that that sack. I I thought it was maybe somebody else, but I, I might have that written down wrong. But they forced it to fourth and twenty four to force the other turnover on downs. Defense stepped up when they needed it most because that was starting to feel like a game that better be freaking careful because there's too much time. They're within that two-score thing, and and it could have, could have went the other way, you know. Yeah,
2: it, one one it big play. Point. Yeah, one big play. Two. You're on the road. Uh, you get that crowd behind the home team. That it, it really changes that landscape.
1: Yep. After that, thir- that second turnover on Downs Quorum, uh, ran, had three runs and then one, and then the touchdown was was how they did it. Forced or changed the game to twenty-seven to seven before Iowa scored with eight seconds left. Um, are you ready to call Michigan a contender?
2: Personally, no. No, I think the Big Ten season's too long to jump on that train right away. I want them to be. Yeah. Um, fortunate for them, they keep moving up in the rankings, and it's a big brand. Let's uh put all three things together and put a, a solid um, you know, uh, display on the field week in and week out. Yeah seems like the offense is just sputtering a little bit like you said we need some wide receivers to step up we need somebody to be a go-to deep threat um to help counter that balance with you know because we're gonna man play action should be open we should have some guys wide open Mm -hmm. with the way Blake Quorum's running the ball I think their defense is probably good enough to keep them there but like you said we need to score more points if we're gonna be a top tier team. If we're going to compete with other these other programs because you start getting into some of those SEC defenses. You, you know they shut us down, um, and I don't know that our defense is quite ready to match up with their offensive schemes. But yeah, um, again, I think it's just a little bit too early to tell. But I hope that they can stay up there in that top tier. What yeah. about you?
1: I I, I don't f- I I I want to say yes, but it's not necessarily because of what I've seen from Michigan. It's more or less from what I've seen. F- from everyone else in the league. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I see five teams that that deserve to be in the playoff right now, Um, especially once once these games start playing. Like, something's got to give, and some of these teams are going to fall, obviously. Um, But it's just the middle, you know, the 5 to 15 teams that are – Supposed to be contenders knocking on that door to take over. Um, we'll get into a lot of the rankings and stuff here here soon. But like, I don't see that team that can jump up and be like, "No, this is ours for the take." You know what I mean? I don't see anybody taking away their spot. Yep. And that's where I, I have a hard time. I'm not, not going to say, "Oh, well, we're going to be in the playoff because we're going to go and we're going to go undefeated." You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not comfortable saying that for Michigan, but I just don't see how. Like, this just feels like it's going to have a two loss team in in the the playoff. One way or another, so I I think Michigan could be that team if they're okay with Michigan and Ohio State both getting in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm going to say yes, but I need to start seeing scoring like you said. It's you don't you don't beat teams defensively, and I, I should be careful saying that because a lot of people get all mad. But it's college football. You got to be able to put up points when push comes a shove. And yeah, the defense got absolutely destroyed last year against Georgia, but if we had a way to respond with a you know, a, a really good offense, then that we wouldn't have fallen out of that game as quickly as we did. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to need to do in a couple of these matchups coming up. So Michigan led the, t- led the nation in, in explosive plays last year. I think it was like the most 30 yards, 40 yards, and 50 yard plays in all of college football. And that's what we're missing. Yeah, we're getting a quorum run here and there, but where's the The big throw, hitting that big throw over the top. We need those things. We need to be doing it in multiple ways. As much as I love what Corum's doing, he's not an NFL guy, in my opinion. And maybe I'm being unfair to him. But you don't ride a non-NFL talent body through college football.
2: Running back, yeah, Running back, that, yeah. That game isn't sustainable in today's college football. Yeah,
1: and, and I hate saying he's going to get bang, dinged up or something like that. Like that, That's unfair. I know what he does off the field. He's just a freak in the weight room and stuff. Doesn't take a day off. It's all great and stuff, but how sustainable is what he's doing yeah. in his frame? I just don't see that possible with what we have coming up. I you lo- know what I mean? I
2: love having a workhorse running back, Yeah, but let's compliment that. Yeah. yeah. We JJ should be putting up 275 to 300 yards a game. Yeah, minimum. Yep. Um, he should be putting up numbers like these other quarterbacks that are fighting for the Heisman each and you know year in and year out. Um, I don't know if they're just trying to be a little conservative now. Don't give teams too much film. I don't. I don't know. It's but, hard to say. But right? You, in you, you'd like to see Michigan go into Iowa and dominate that game. You'd like to see him dominate against Maryland yeah. and and blow these teams out. Um. Again, I don't I don't want to jinx the team. Are they looking past some of these teams and looking at other things? Um, it's it's interesting where they're at because with Cade, we knew what we had, right? Mm-hmm. We we had last season to, to go off of, and now, oh, we're all excited for JJ. Um, but but we haven't seen it. I feel like a little bit of that air fell out of the balloon, yeah. you know, yep. and we're kind of getting grounded back to reality here, but. I still trust his arm and his playmaking ability. Um, I think when push comes to sho- shove and we get into these matchups with other teams in the Big Ten, um, you know, fighting for those playoff spots and, uh, yeah, you know, to go undefeated on the season, um, hopefully we can see a little bit more of that. And yeah. maybe Jim's got something up his sleeve. Or ke- I hope so. Ke- and, that, pant that, and
1: you got to get that defense. The defense has to become more polished, I think. Um they're, they're giving up yards. They gave up quite a bit to Maryland. Maryland made it look easy against them. Um, Iowa, one of the best or worst offenses in, ever in college football, so I'm not going to like worry a whole lot about what they did. But they, when it came time to, they moved the ball, and that makes me a little nervous because we don't have a game wrecker on defense yet, I think, that's emerged, and you've got to have those that will take over a game. Yeah. And I want to see that here before we get in that Penn State game. Hopefully it's this week. Um, that would be great, but really, it needs a start at that Penn State game. We need somebody to dominate that football game on each side of the ball. Someone that you can start getting all of that excitement and being like, "Hey, this is this is our guy. This is the one that we're going to trust when when we need to."
2: Yeah, get on his back. You know, let's let him carry us. Yep. I man, I'm, I'm I want Ronnie Bell to be there. I just don't think he's the same guy after getting hurt. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, which is too bad. It is bad. Um but man he i look for him to hopefully be that go to trusty option i mean shoemaker too is looking pretty pretty dang good yeah. he looks like to be a, you know have a good Good um, tight end
1: once all gets back, too. And like then all, yeah. I, yeah.
2: I didn't realize he was out of the game, too, because I was looking at the box score while at the wedding Yeah, this he's weekend. missed the last two games. So. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. man, where's this guy been? Like, and I feel like he it ended It sounds like it
1: could be a season end or two. Like, really? Yeah, but they're not really talking about it. They might need surgery. They're, I think they're still evaluating. Haven't heard much. College injuries kind of keep close to the vest there. Oh, but, yeah, especially um, when you got,
2: like, scholarships and stuff yeah, on the line. But, sure. yeah, that's unfortunate because he kind of had a little flurry there at the end of the year. And, yeah. Look to be a guy that might you know get drafted in the NFL one day. Yeah, abilities. I'm not. I'm not worried
1: about the the matchup against Indiana. Um, I don't want to say it's impossible to lose because we've all been there and stuff. Indiana's not a good team, but you got to be ready for that Penn State game. Yeah. They're, what they're doing, they're running the ball. They're playing good football for the most part. They could be a little fraud fraudulent, I think, with with their schedule. But um, you got to be careful because that's a team that that has the the talent to beat you. As long as their coach doesn't ruin it for them, you know, that we've seen a few times. Yeah. So um, it'll be fun to, fun to watch that game in a couple weeks.
0: From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports.
1: Michigan State went into Maryland and was again a no call, no show. They lost 27-13 after getting shut out in the second half and trailing 21 to 13 at halftime uh, in the second half Maryland only scored two field goals which was a, a nice step up for Michigan's defense or Michigan State's defense but um, when the defense you know even with the defense playing well in the second half um, the the offense didn't didn't get anything going and, and cost them it was it was another one of those. Just like the previous two games, it re- it really was. It felt like they they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. Thorn went twenty seven of forty four for two hundred twenty one yards and a touchdown to Jaden Reed, who had sixty one yards and seven catches. Um, Keon Coleman six catches for forty seven. Tyler Hunt three catches for thirty five yards. Running game continues to be a struggle, and I think this is this is what we were talking about preseason. I know nobody else was. Everybody was saying, you know, Berger and Broussard, they're going to get this figured out. They're going to be able to, you know, replace what Kenneth Walker did. I just, it's not there. So their, their leading rusher was Elijah Collins with five carries for 36 yards. Berger, nine carries for 34 yards, 3.8 average. Broussard, three for a 16, 5.3. It's just, you combine this awful running game that we're seeing with, Peyton Thorne looking like a completely different person. It's got to be the offensive line. And we all know that they're not healthy. We know that there's issues with, with health, but you should be better than this. You should. The defense allowed 489 total yards, 314 through the air and 175 rushing, while allowing Maryland to go 7-14 on third down. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. This was probably the best defensive, the, the best the, the, the defense looked um, outside of the, Fifty percent on third down, um, but the numbers are staggering. They're like they're they're there. They're like there's that is a lot of offensive production for only putting up what twenty. What did I say? Twenty seven points. <laughs> That's just it, it blows my mind how how it's going and you know, but like Maryland did to, to Michigan when things were were clicking and stuff. They they moved the ball quick. They made it look easy and it's a it's a good offense and I think a good defense too what Maryland does. so I don't I want to give them a little bit of credit here, but for for Michigan State, it's just how is this okay? How are you okay with this? this is it it's not just the wins and losses. it's being non-competitive. They've been not competitive in their last three games. their first three true football games, Washington, Minnesota, and now Maryland. I'm sorry, but those aren't teams that you should be losing to if you think you're you're you've arrived like we, we learned last year so why is this okay why why are we as Michigan fans the bad guy for for pointing this stuff out and why aren't Michigan state fans more angry about this it's blowing my mind
2: I definitely need to tune into more um big Ten mm, weekday media coverage yeah because this is atrocious mm-hmm And Michigan State fans that I know obviously don't find this acceptable. Yeah. But they're not saying anything about it either. Yeah. They're pretty quiet.
1: They're ready for basketball season. It's
2: like they're laying down. They're chalking the season up as an L, and now the team's doing the same thing, and maybe they're feeding off the team. I don't know. But, man, if Jim Harbaugh lost one of these games this early in the season any time in his Michigan tenure – I feel like a field day. Yeah. And they're calling for, and I'm not saying Michigan state faithful. I'm saying fans of each university. Um, you know, there's, there's Michigan fans alike that just as many that, that love Jim that hate him. Um, thankfully he had a little, um, rebellious year last year and probably changed the mind of those that were, you know, stuck on that fence. Um, but I haven't heard one Michigan State fan complain. I haven't heard one Michigan State fan uh, suggest anything about the coaching staff, the schemes, um, and I, I really don't hear any excuses either. It's weird. Um, so this is, again, mind-boggling. I think I picked Michigan State to lose this game last week in the pick them mm-hmm. or, or our picks uh, yeah. to Maryland, and I didn't think it was real, really going to happen.
1: Yeah, I took them to win. I was like, there's no way – a Mel Tucker team, which what he did last year was awesome. Yeah. What he preaches is awesome. It, it's there. Like, I believe that it's poss- it can work. I just didn't think it was possible for him to have a third straight game that they didn't show up. Yeah. And that's the thing that I, w- I would be the most pissed about, is it's not just losing. It's not being competitive against mediocre teams.
2: Yeah, in the big time. Mediocre
1: to bad teams. You know what I mean? Like, Maryland is not a top 25 team, and they probably won't be. they got they're, they're good, don't get me wrong. but is that what you're comparing yourself to is is beating a mediocre big Ten team? You just lost to Minnesota. got absolutely manhandled by Minnesota who just went out and lost 20 to 10 to, to Purdue. Yeah. at home. Washington snuck up into the top twenty five. They lost to UCLA. Obviously they they both are in the top twenty five now and everybody's all changing that but I don't expect UCLA to be a, a world beater. Washington looks like a fraud now. Yeah. And it's just it's just I don't know. I it, I don't get how it's acceptable. No I don't.
2: it's it's exposing the flaws right now. And I, I thought Michigan State had enough coming back from last year to where they wouldn't have such a, a steep fall, you know, drop off. Um, unfortunately, you know, we're this far into the season now. There's not much room to, to rebound and yeah. and turn the ship around.
1: And, and everybody's saying, like, well, this defense, as soon as you get this defense fixed, this defense is the issue. Of, yeah, you get that fixed, things will change. But it's not like you have a Detroit Lions offense going. You have a really pathetic offense rolling here. Yeah. It is pathetic what they did. Yeah. The, and Peyton Thorne looks
2: bad. Yeah, he – like, bad, bad. Throwing bad throws.
1: Yeah, so it's not just the not step up for the defense. It's a massive step back for the offense. And if you're going to tell me out of one side of your mouth that, well, these Broussard and, and Berger are going to come in and replace Kenneth Walker, but then the other time you're going to say, well, Kenneth Walker is a Heisman candidate or should have been in there, which I agree should have been. Like, they're, they're saying it's easy, easy fix. So it's not just Kenneth Walker either. You know what I mean? It's a big piece of it, a massive, massive piece. I think what he did, and I said this in the season pre- or preview, he was masking how bad this roster was in in a lot of ways. And I think we're seeing it. But it, you can't use that as your excuse if you're going to say, "Oh, we'll just reload." You know, we're just transfer poor. We got this figured out. And that's where it's just like, man, just be consistent. It's just, it's driving me nuts. Um. But at the same time, I, I, I kind of like it. Um, so really, I mean, you got OSU this week. We don't expect that to be a, a, a close game. Another blowout, I would assume. And, man, it could get really, really ugly. Um, but then you got Wisconsin at home. That game right there is a check-yourself game, in my opinion. If they don't show up for that game, who just they just fired their coach, things aren't going well in, in Wisconsin, Whew. that's going to be a game for both teams to you know what i mean like a nutsack type check like what do you got down there (laughs) because this could get ugly here quick so uh man just it blows my mind i kind of predicted it but i didn't really necessarily expect it and this is where we're at now and it's gonna get i don't see it getting any better anytime soon
2: not with the schedule strengthening up for them. Yeah, this is <clears> – <throat> they're going to be tired after this week. Yeah, and, um,
1: I mean, you—you you, your next three games, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. The Wisconsin one, I think it's homecoming. They better show up for that game. I'm curious what that spread's going to be. Like, that's going to be an interesting thing to see how how Wisconsin bounces back when firing their coach. But then you got Illinois, who <laughs> – they look pretty decent. They yeah. At least have an offense. Yep. So I'm not going <laughs> to expect them to beat. You can't beat write them.
2: You can't write them off if, if. Yeah.
1: I just you look at the schedule: Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana, Penn State. Look, two wins max in there.
2: Rutgers and who? Illinois.
1: I would say split with let's say. Oh, um, Wisconsin, maybe. I would say you split either the Wisconsin, Illinois game. So maybe three wins, I guess. So, let's say you beat Rutgers in Indiana, and then you split the Illinois-Wisconsin matchups there. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. So, I guess three wins. But, man, I love talking about it. But I feel bad. I do kind of feel bad.
0: Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports.
1: So we do want to talk a little bit of, of college football here. So we're, we're, what, is it five weeks in? I think five weeks. Yep. Um, learning a lot uh, about the way that the, the top 25 is laying out. I don't know when the playoff rankings start. I don't really buy a whole lot into the AP top 25 because it's never seems to go the way that they say. Um, but what I did was I pulled up Episode 170's Top 25. That was the first time we talked college football. It was the first time we brought up the Top 25. So I have the AP Top 25 here. And I just thought it was interesting to see the teams that have fallen completely out of the rankings is where I want to start. And then we'll talk about teams that have jumped up. But I want to start with the the teams that have fallen out and kind of the, the bad here. So Notre Dame went in as the fifth-ranked team in the country. They're 2-2 two and two now. Completely out of the top twenty-five. Obviously, with the loss to Marshall, you have lost to Ohio State, but they also haven't looked good in other wins. Um, Texas A&M, three and two overall. They they lost to App State, which is just laughable. Again, but I mean, what I forget who else they lost to? I think I have it later on, but uh, sorry, Mississippi State. They lost to Mississippi, Got blown out by Mississippi State, which is why they're out of it. So they went from six to out. Oklahoma. I'm not surprised by this one. They're now not ranked. They were ninth. Baylor interesting. not ranked at three and two. And then right here, 15 through 19. Michigan State, Miami, Pittsburgh, Wisconsin, Arkansas. all not ranked. Michigan State and Miami at two and three or sorry, Michigan State at two and three. Miami at two and two. Um, Wisconsin at two and three and then Pitt and Arkansas at three and two. All dropped out and then obviously Houston at started at 24. not ranked either. Which one's the most surprising fall to you out, out of those? Ooh, and it can su- be mine.
2: Surprising? Yeah. I think the most surprising is probably Texas A&M. Yeah. But one team that I kind of had on my radar is maybe having an above-average year was Baylor. Okay. Um, I thought they were going to take over, yeah, that, that, what is that, the Big 12? Yeah, I, I don't remember. Whatever conference. that conference is called <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, but, man, I, th- I thought Miami was going to be in it, too, bringing in Cristobal, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Mario I mean, Cristobal. T-
1: talking highly about them. Um,
2: for sure. But equally, yeah, I, I don't know, Wisconsin. For me, it's, it's probably Texas a and but Baylor is a close second for me.
1: Yeah, so Baylor lost to BYU, who's still in the top 25, doing pretty good. I forget where they're at right now. Um, they are... 16, and they also lost to Oklahoma State, who's, who's all the way up to number seven. Those are their two losses, so it's not um, that bad, but they also only won 31-24 to Iowa State. Um, Texas State, they obviously smoked them. Albany, they smoked them. So that's an interesting one, the Baylor one, because those aren't bad losses. So it is kind of surprising that they've dropped them completely out, yeah. um, if, especially if you thought highly of them heading into the season. But um, – the the biggest one for me was was the Texas A and M. Obviously the the loss to App State, but the getting smoked by by Mississippi State was the one like that was just like all right, that's why. You Especially
2: know? after yeah the Jimbo and Nick Saban feud that went on there for a little bit, it's like all right, come on, you know, t- I, man, I thought Texas A and M was like a clear cut favorite yeah. to well, at least be a, a you know a borderline playoff team. I yeah. Th- I Their that's, recruiting
1: classes have been high the last couple of years. Everybody's yeah. talking about that. Uh, they're sitting now at, at three and two with Alabama on deck, Ole Miss at the end of October. Um, even with those two losses, if, if Jimbo, you know, can, can play to the number six ranking they started, I mean, they, they can find their way back in there. There's some other decent games um, in there that can kind of make some noise, but man, what Nick Saban could do to them this weekend it could be a, a massacre. But, Bryce Young might be out, like all that question. Like that's that's interesting. Like that one's a very interesting game because you know Texas A and M has the talent to do it. Yeah. But it's not all executing. So could they pull a Texas and kind of keep it close and, and and you know what I mean that's gonna be, sneak one out I mean yeah. it's,
2: it's obviously their biggest game on the on the schedule when the season started but it's the only game on their schedule for you know for anything uh hanging over the end of the year
1: yeah would you say that Texas a is the most likely to to find their way back in to I don't want to say playoff contention obviously with 32 losses and that that's not gonna happen but like get back up into the top 20 or or, or is that saying a little too much there because I, I looked at it as as an abil- as, as a, the most likely team to jump back up because I do think they could shock um, either Ole Miss or, or Alabama.
2: Yeah, I mean, imagine they went out, you know, and they're a 2 lost team.
1: Which trap was big on that, right? Didn't he keep saying that, like they were going to keep winning out or something? Yeah, I don't feel know. feel like he said that. I don't Probably know. has a boot
2: on the line. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah, I man, pro- yeah, probably Texas a and I know Notre Dame still got a pretty strong schedule ahead of them. I couldn't tell you about those other teams between fifteen yeah, and nineteen. Another
1: I, one that I was going to keep an eye on was was Arkansas, who who started at uh, only nineteen, so it wasn't like highly ranked or whatever. Uh, but they they have Mississippi State this week, BYU who's sixteen next week, and Ole Miss later on. Those are a couple games right there. That's like man. That can erase the two point loss to to A and M that they already did. They also got blown up by Alabama, but I mean, that that happens. Most teams do. Um, <laughs> they all do exactly. So I think you take care of business against Mississippi State, who I think is a fraud. BYU, who's interesting, um, but then you know Ole Miss. It, it's all possible. So. Yeah,
2: those are big like strength of schedule games that can boost a resume. Yeah. Yeah, and launch you back up. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, the SEC could have a bunch of teams there with two losses and. Unless, you know, one of them goes undefeated, there might be, yeah, there might be a handful of teams at the at the top of that ranking at the end yeah. of the season.
1: so on, on the other side of the spectrum, I do have the, the current AP top 25. You got Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, no shock there. Uh, Michigan up from, what was it, eight to four now. So they're up four spots. USC uh, is up eight spots to, to six based on where they originally started. Oklahoma State up five from where they started. A couple of interesting teams here. Tennessee, who was not rated – Penn State, who is not rated, they're at 8 and 10, respectively. So, two interesting teams, two maybe fraudulent teams there. Kind of interesting to see what what plays, or like how those teams end up when they have tough schedules coming up. Um, But you also have Ole Miss, who's up 12 from where they started, Kentucky up 7. Just kind of fun to see, you know. Some teams that were not rated that are in the top 25 TCU, UCLA, Kansas, Kansas State, Washington. Syracuse, Mississippi State, and LSU—very interesting for them to to sneak in there because they look so bad. Was it Week One that they lost? Yeah. I'm trying to remember who who they lost to, but it was like it was not pretty. It was a close game though, if I remember right. But it was like a team that they probably shouldn't lose to. I'm trying. Sorry, I want to pull that up. Well, I think thinking about it because I'm, I thought I had that, that written down, but I do want to. I want to make sure I get this right. Sorry.
2: I, so, I think with like the SEC and the top twenty-five you see a lot of teams just kind of swap with each other between Tennessee and Ole Miss, um, Kentucky. I mean, they, they were ranked in the top 25. but
1: Yeah, so it was Florida State that they lost to. Sorry. Florida State, okay. yeah. Um, they've also had some close ge- close wins, wins you yeah. know, so it's not.
2: They're not, they're not blowing not, the wheels yeah. off. Um, yeah. you I have think the most
1: surprising riser out of, out of those?
2: Oh, probably Tennessee. Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about their program or what they have for a team, but. Um, I don't know. I feel like they've just been kind of mediocre over the years, and a lot of coaching changes, program changes since you know the feels, Peyton Manning days, yeah. right?
1: It feels a little fraudulent. I mean, they they beat Ball State, Pitt. They only beat them by seven, which Pitt's not that great. Akron, they smoked them, obviously. And then Florida, they beat thirty-eight, thirty-three. Okay. Um, I guess there was like that close. It was a late touchdown that made it that close, but, yeah, but. Florida doesn't look that good after they they started out all exciting. I just,
2: I feel like this is, there's a couple teams in here from the SEC that are just the beneficiary of an uh, easy early schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a couple other teams towards the top. I don't want to say, um, Everybody's had an easy schedule, but a lot of these undefeated teams have.
1: It is still so early. Yeah, yeah it's like you're still just one conference game in. I think so. Yeah, and
2: in, in one given week, you could have four of those teams flop places with four teams in the you know the bottom twenty five. Yeah, you know, I, twenty through twenty five. I think
1: but. the most surprising to me is is Penn State, especially after the the, the 35, 31 lucky win over Purdue. Oh, and run. that was like yeah, I was. I, that was a crazy I game. I sat too. and watched that game. I was like, all right. Penn State, I'm not worried about them. Yeah, you know what I mean. They
2: didn't deserve to win that game.
1: Look, they haven't gone out and beat anybody that's super exciting since then. Um, But they're taking care of business. They're they're moving the ball. Their running game is actually really good and really surprising. Um, I feel like I'm wrong about them, but also keep an eye on it because it it gets tough for them. You know, they got Michigan, Minnesota, and OSU three straight weeks after their bye. So I wouldn't be surprised if if they're outside of the top twenty five at that point. You know what I mean? Like, there's a really good chance um, that that happens. Um, which team teams do you are, do, you, do you think are gonna make the playoffs right here right now? Is I mean you got Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. I, I want to like I always write that as Ohio State slash Michigan because I feel like it has to be one or the other. But this feels like a year that it could be both
2: potentially. And wouldn't I think that be crazy? Obvi- like? Obviously, this this AP is telling you that if the season ended now, those are the four teams in. But if you were to take away the rankings. And just ask national writers what four teams are in. They seem to be the four favorites. Yeah. In in most uh, conversations. So yeah, I mean, you you got USC, Clemson, and Oklahoma State in there. Um, that could really stir things up.
1: Yeah. And Clemson's road's looking easier and easier. Really, by by the time we get through this, I mean. Yeah, they're, and they
2: they haven't really done too much that that's that pretty either. They've had some nail biters. Got very wins. lucky against Wake Forest. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I I think locks for sure are Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Um, I'd have to give Michigan the lead over Clemson and USC right now. Yeah. Um, just but, because of
1: last year, I think that needs to play a role in it. Yeah, personally.
2: absolutely. And I just that's yeah recency bias too yeah. on my part. But yeah, then, another surprising team for me is Kansas. Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of people talking about them too. Um, I guess they got a pretty decent quarterback down there. But then yeah. also UCLA, Matt Charbonnet. He's good, man. He's still running the ball over there. He's like,
1: what, eight, eighth year?
2: Yeah, they're, call, they're <laughs> calling him an NFL college. caliber running back. And it's, it's crazy. Just like, man, he's already used up his shelf life. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, for real. He's good almost luck 30, with that. I think. Yeah, whoever snags <laughs> him. But, man, look out for UCLA. They, I don't know. I just caught glimpses of that Washington game. And they look pretty good. Seem to be back and forth. They got a confident quarterback. Um, I don't know if they got what it takes to hang with the big dogs, but. Yeah, so yeah they, I'd I'd like to have Michigan. Uh, yeah, I'd like there to be two Big Ten, two SEC teams in it, there in the Final it, Four. And
1: UCLA, we're going to learn a lot about them the next two weeks. They got yeah. Utah and then Oregon. Yeah, so those are huge. You got UCLA, um, their second to last game of the year. So um, if they're legit, we'll we'll learn that. Yeah. Um, but right. I, I wouldn't put money on it just because of of that that daunting of a schedule. You know. Mm-hmm. So, um, which one's your biggest fraud that's in the top ten currently?
2: Biggest fraud.
1: Because mm. I have a couple. I think Ole Miss is one of those teams that's like, yeah, they're, they're really good, really exciting, but then
2: oh, the it always hit them. Top 10. I didn't yeah. see that you snuck that in there. I was looking down the list a little bit. Um, <laughs> I really wanted to throw out Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Um, but only because they're undefeated, and I think they're a basketball school. <laughs> yeah, top 10. Who... I, I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of torn between like Penn State and Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I, I think those. That's exactly who I would say. Just because, um, I mean, so Tennessee they, they have tight wins against Pitt and Florida, um, who who are learning aren't not aren't very good. Um, they have LSU this week, who I think is personally a fraud. So it doesn't it won't change my perspective um, on Tennessee if they go take care of business at LSU. But then you have Alabama, Kentucky, and Georgia all in the upcoming schedule um could see them falling hard you know what i mean if and that's if they could go to death valley and win yeah. that's never easy so um that that's one penn state also I, they just don't have a good looking win really um and they they've looked vulnerable they looked vulnerable against central michigan outside i mean they were playing in the the rain and that was ugly um hard for anybody to do but um, they pulled away late, and, and they take care of business, so I can't really fault them for it. But um, we'll learn a lot about both of those teams here soon, and that, that's what I really like about just college football in general. And, and I kind of brought this up earlier, but it's like I see Florida, Georgia, or sorry, not Florida, Georgia, Alabama and Georgia as head and shoulders, I, I still believe, are, are better than everybody. Um, Ohio State has looked good not great in my opinion. Yeah. Um and I would put Michigan in that same category, Clemson in that category. That's kind of where I got I got the two, the 3 and then kind of everybody else. And I it might be that might be unfair for USC. I I feel like I got to see it to believe it against a real team. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's I, all.
2: That's all like uh you know, brand and new coach. I yeah. feel like hype is what got them all the way to up to six. I would probably put Oklahoma State ahead of them.
1: I, I, I think that's fair. And
2: yeah. maybe Ole Miss. And, okay. And, and, and kind of uh, sneak USC into the middle of the undefeated pack. Um, it feels
1: like USC's defense is not nearly good enough to truly contend.
2: Yeah, I, I feel they're like they're eventually
1: it, gonna. Get caught with their pants down yeah. in one of these games. And you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, they would be completely exposed to Alabama or Ohio State. I feel They'll like be exposed and, with their and pants maybe Michigan down too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, luckily we get to see them in the Big Ten in the next couple of years. So we'll that's see a what, good point. See that'll, what the hype's
1: all exciting, about for sure.
0: Drinking craft beer, having fun. And talking sports in the state of Michigan, <laughs> you're listening to State of My Sports. Here we wrap
1: things up pretty much with our our picks of the week. Um, let me get some music here. There we go. Always good to get some music. Last week, Micah went five and 3 Ryan six and two. I went five and three. John. Seven and Sneaky. One.
2: Almost an eight leg parlay right there.
1: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be quite the win there. Um, Kyle, two and six. So Micah still leading the way at 25 and 16 overall. One game ahead of Ryan, who's 24 and 17. You are 22 and 19. I'm 21 and 20. And Kyle bringing up the rear at 18 and 23. Bringing back our Thursday night matchup. have got Colts at the Broncos. Not really that great of a matchup, but there's not a whole lot of great. NFL matchup, so I just wanted to throw that one back in there. You got the Colts at the Broncos. Broncos minus three and a half. Ryan, Micah, and Kyle are all taking the Colts. Well,
2: that's an easy pick for me. I'm going to go Broncos. Yeah? I need a big game out of uh, Russell Wilson or else he's on the trading block in fantasy football. Come on, let's cover that three and a half.
1: I, so they lost their, their running back, right? Yeah, but Jonathan Williams. But Taylor also might be out. Yep. And on the short week, sometimes they take a little more... Um,
2: caution. Matt Ryan hasn't looked that great. Um, it's going to be a battle of two good defensive teams.
1: It's blowing my mind that, that it hasn't worked, that the Matt Ryan thing hasn't worked yeah. yet because I expect it to because I think the Colts are a pretty deep team, really good team
2: solid, for the most part. Solid team. Um,
1: getting points. Like, I just don't see the Broncos winning by more than a field goal. So I'm going to stick with the Broncos. Uh, or, sorry, the Colts. But I could – I could see. It's just both teams are desperate to show something here. I feel like so it's gonna I hope be an so. interesting one. We're gonna we're gonna learn um, which team's got a bigger one. You know. Um, moving on to the Bengals at the Ravens. The Ravens a three point favorite. Ravens a three point favorite at home. That's basically like a wash. They were saying that these teams are pretty much even here. Kyle's taking the Bengals. Micah and Ryan are taking the Ravens. What are you gonna do on this one, John?
2: Man, this is tough. I think the Ravens have lost. Two or three games this year uh, When leading 17 points Yeah um, It's always tough to go to Baltimore uh, The Bengals they, Their offense looks like it just stalls out At times and I don't know What the Ravens front line can do To pressure Joe Burrow um, This is a coin flip for me Yeah. And I'm going to root for the better Wide receiver out of both teams And go with the Bengals Maybe. Jamar Chase might have a big game
1: I'm going to go with the Ravens uh, because I feel like they're a well coached team. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Bengals aren't, but when you have the drama going on, they've blown a couple leads. You had the fighting on the sideline, someone going after Harbaugh, like yelling at him. The bonehead decision that he made for not going for it was crazy. Um, so I just I think that they're going to have a show me type game. I could see him winning by, you know, a touchdown. And, and basically. The three is scary, but it's the home team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. So, Last NFL game, we got the Lions at the Patriots. Two-and-a-half-point favorites the Patriots are, so the Lions. Vegas is saying the Lions are the better team, but the home field advantage will make that, makes that difference. They're all taking the Lions. I'm going to take the Lions just because that's what I do. Lions plus two-and-a-half, of course. What are you going to do on this one?
2: Clean sweep. Number one offense in the league. I think uh, New England's going to be playing a little handicapped on offense. Yep. Yeah. And i like to think that our defense can come out and make a couple big plays, but our offense should carry us to a, a, a big victory.
1: Right there with you. Oops, I keep doing that. Moving on to college. We got number eight, Tennessee, at number 25, LSU. LSU plus two and a half at home. Kyle's going to go with LSU. Micah and Ryan are going to go Tennessee. What are you going to do on this one?
2: <sighs> what was it? Home, plus underdogs. Home oh, underdogs. Yeah.
1: That's more of an NFL thing. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say two and a half in college football is not really working with a whole lot. Yikes. Yeah. Um whoo. This one's for you, Brian Kelly. Get yeah? that get that southern draw out and win a big game in the swamp. I'll Damn I'll take gosh. the tags.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna
1: go with Tennessee. Um I don't think they're good. I don't think they're great. But I think they're better than LSU this year, so that's where I'm at. There, we got Utah at UCLA. So number 11 Utah at number 18 UCLA. UCLA plus four and a half. Ugh, I hate that number. I hate that number.
2: What time is that game? Night game?
1: Uh, shoot. I used to put the times on there. Sorry, I should have done that. I'm gonna take UCLA. I like what they did. I think they can at least slow this game down and keep it a one-score game. This is a 3.30 start.
2: Ooh. I'll go UCLA as well with you, Sam. Charbonnet, baby. I, I, yeah, I think I think he's a, he's a good way to get yardage but also burn some time off the clock. And, ah, man, I just, I don't know, something's telling me UCLA. I don't yeah. know what it is.
1: Next one is a not a ranked matchup, not a two top 25 teams, but it's the Texas A&M. At Alabama, and we circled this as the game of the week. Remember when we did that, that yeah. um, preview thing? Um, Alabama we're, minus 24. I wouldn't
2: have uh, imagined back then that it was a 24-point spread. Nope. I would have no <laughs> Favorite, like, yeah. I
1: wouldn't expect that. You got Kyle and Micah both taking Bama. Ryan's taking Texas A&M along with me. That's too many points for a team that was ranked as high as they were early on. I believe that they were somewhat good. They're not as terrible as we think they are. With um, Bryce Young, questionable. I just think, I think he, it, 20, that's just too many points, in my opinion. What are you doing?
2: I'll go, I don't know. God dang. Can Jimbo get that team to rally? It's at Alabama. Nick Saban is crazy. It's probably a night or 8 o'clock game. I imagine it's got to be the night game, right? I don't
1: think it is. It is. You're right. Prime Eight time. o'clock game on CBS. Eight o'clock at CBS. That's All right. Cool. That doesn't happen, does it?
2: No. I know they can do that. No. I'll um. Uh, give me Texas A&M. Not to win, to cover though.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just too many points. Next one, another big spread. OSU, number three. OSU at MSU. MSU plus twenty-five and a half. Ryan, Mike, and Kyle are all on the OSU page here. I'm doing the same thing. I don't see why. (laughs) I shouldn't. You know what? I'm changing it. I'm going MSU. Are you? I am. Dang it. That's just too many points. It's too many points. If Mel Tucker can't get his team to show up for this game, look out. Because that is a big, big issue. Feels like too many points. Yeah, but I could also see them putting up 50, and I don't see Michigan State putting up 20, but I'm still going to do it anyways.
2: I don't know who Ohio State has next week. You know, I guess in this situation, this scenario, you're hoping that they're looking past Michigan State, and they only win by, like, 19 and a half points.
1: So they have Michigan State and then home against Iowa and then at Penn State.
2: Oh, so, I mean, that's not even a really big game. All uh-huh. right, I'll 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 take Ohio State. Sorry, Spartan fans. I'm an island there,
1: but remember, Spartan fans that are listening, I took Michigan State last week and this week, so maybe I'll just take them every week and hopefully they lose. So I'm going to definitely take them in the Michigan game. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Last
1: game of the week, we got Michigan at Indiana, plus 22.5. Michigan for Kyle, Michigan for Ryan, Indiana for Micah. That's surprising.
2: Wow. I feel like he was calling for that Michigan-Indiana matchup at the beginning of the year, too. Yeah. Not, on,
1: holding on to that one a little bit.
2: Yeah, not that Indiana was like uh, good enough to beat Michigan, but maybe Michigan would be looking past them going into that matchup with Penn, Penn State. State yeah. Oh, Man, I just something's got to give. But JJ's going to have a big game. I'll take Michigan they, to cover the. Yep. Yeah. Twenty-two and a half.
1: I'm, I'm right there. I think. I think. Me, yeah. I think they're going to throw the ball down the field. They're going to push it. They want. They want to see it just as bad as we do. Yeah. I think. You know what I mean? They want to see JJ. Uh, put up, hit those throws. They're gonna pound the ball, obviously. Yeah. But
2: Corum will have his his day. Yeah. I just don't want to see them outwork him too early in the season. Save some of those reps later on for the big games. But I could see him having a big first half. Um, but they're gonna mix in a little more play action. I think JJ is gonna have a little more time to throw the ball, and hopefully some of these wide receivers are open for big plays down the down the field.
0: It's craft beer in Michigan sports. We may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is state of my sports.
1: So I am drinking Deer Camp from Upper Hand Brewing Company in the UP. It is a 4.7 percent alcohol by volume. Deer Camp is a crisp, is as crisp as opening day, as toasty as a warm fire, and feels as home. Feels as at home in your hand as it does in your grandfather's. Our toast to the long lo- to the time-honored traditions of fall. Like it's exactly how they described it. It's crisp. I like the amber. I think that gives it a little more a little more flavor than I, I expected. I was thinking that this would be kind of their their bush light take. You know what yeah, I mean? Like something a light, that a light lager. And maybe that's stereotyping the. The, the deer camp, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But The um, Bush Light Camel cans <laughs> Exactly. That's probably what what's throwing me off. But um, good beer. I mean, it's it, it's not one that I would continue to have because if I'm going to go light, I want to go even lighter. Oh, You know yeah. what I mean? And it kind of falls in that middle of, yeah, it's got the light beer flavor and, and taste, um, but it's not light enough to just like pound them. Like, yeah. like I expect this type of beer to be. Maybe I'm in my own head there, but- I mean, it's good. I would drink it. Uh, No complaints. Um, But not, like, above and beyond. So I'm I'm just going to give it, like, a nice 7-2.
2: Okay. I mean, it's good. Yeah.
1: I think that's a decent score.
2: Yeah. It's usually a a good, like, starting point when you're talking respectable beers. Yeah, but... Well, if, if you don't drink the rest of them tonight, Sam, leave, leave, don't one <laughs> leave one of them in the fridge and I'll come drink it November 1st when, right. when sober I, October is over with.
1: I did have a, a coworker. He goes, Hey, if you have any left, make sure you bring one to me tomorrow. Oh, okay. He's like the one, well, I guess I have a couple, couple coworkers that listen. I think Nate listens and then Dave shout out to those guys. Um, I'm going to bring one to him, but I, I got more in the fridge, too, because I was expecting you to.
2: Dave Hastings? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's he a big deer some. hunter, isn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he oh shoots, yeah. He shoots some big ones out there in Coopersville.
1: <laughs> he's a good guy. I, li- I like Dave. Yeah, he is. Um, but, yeah, that was episode whatever. What, what episode was that?
2: 176.
1: 176. Cruising through these, man. But, again, no episode next week. We might have some bonus episodes coming along, so keep an eye out for that. Um, But we'll talk to you in two weeks, if not sooner.
0: You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer we hope you enjoyed the show make sure to like rate and review in the meantime hook up with us on instagram facebook twitter youtube and twitch at state of my sports with an mi we'll see you next time